0: This episode is exclusively brought to you by an amazing record label called The Native Sound for 10%. That's right, 10% off of your order. Type in 100 words at their website, thenativesound.com. Here's the show. What's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of 100 words or less the podcast. I'm your host Ray Harkins, as always joining you on this beautiful morning in Southern California. Holy crap, last episode got a ton of feedback, a ton of new listeners from what I imagine people that have never checked out the show. So if if you are listening to a second episode, thank you for joining us. And if you missed last week's, dude, jump back, listen to it. Roman Mars, so good. But the guest this week is Taylor Madison from a band called Superheaven, which was previously known as Daylight. More on him in a minute. Let's get some business shenanigans out of the way. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, The Native Sound is an amazing record label from Brooklyn. Julio, great dude, decided to support this show and contribute some awesome music for you to listen. Right now, a future guest on the show, Koji, has an EP called Some Small Way. That's a reissue from an EP that came out on Run For Cover. It's available on vinyl for the very first time. It's 180 gram, new art, two digital bonus songs. If you've seen Super Heaven Live, you undoubtedly have tripped across Koji at some point. This, a separate release, is called Matters. It's a cassette. It's on its second pressing, and it sold out in just a couple hours. Basically, Koji's got a lot of rad stuff going on with the native sound. And, uh, you know, let's listen to a track off of that. A little sample. So here you go. Running out of room. that track was called color quiet again it's off of some small way a reissue by the native sound by the artist koji you can get 10 percent off of that awesome release plus whatever else you decide to pick up over there by using the coupon code 100 words so type it in their website and they will give you a discount it's awesome because i mean he is a small boutique record label so for him to do this that's a big deal so go over there thenativesound.com and order Anyways, so people were generous enough to mention us and donate. I can't thank you enough for this. Jacqueline, Lucy, and Tim McCormick, thank you so much for contributing to the show. It really means the world to me and the show that you you feel like this is worth something. If you want to donate, go on 100 Words Podcast, follow the prompt on the right side of the screen, and you'll be able to uh, donate to whatever you decide to do. And, you know, I I send stuff out to everybody that donates. Shh, don't tell anybody. It's a secret. Visit propertyofzack.com. I'm actually doing a new experiment with, like, a weekly digest of 100 words the podcast like links and i i give kind of behind the scenes uh stories about what happened at the interviews and just i don't know kind of add more context because uh you know email newsletters allow you to do that so if you want to do that you can find a sign up at the right side of the page. And uh, if you ever email me just randomly, I'll probably add you to that. So don't hate me if I do that. I want to make mention also a great new band, a regular friend and emailer of the show, Mildura. Google them, find them on Bandcamp. They have a new EP. It's great. Just do that. But anyways, enough plugging, enough mentioning. The real reason we're here. Taylor from Daylight. He's the lead vocalist and guitarist. And uh, we tried to record this once a long time ago. Got derailed due to some technical difficulties. But now... We're locked in. We did it. He got Skype. We're so professional about that. It was cool because I know he's been asked many times about why the band has changed their name. We're able to get in depth with that, just kind of the processes of it and just kind of the mental anguish that it takes on you. So I don't know. We went into that. We talk about step parents. We talk about online media and social media so much fun stuff the band is great they just announced that they signed to side one dummy Records, so expect a new record coming sooner rather than later without further ado here is my conversation with taylor i'll talk to you later. and that sort of stuff it was even it was before you guys played Sound and Fury but it was uh, when you released the, the 10 inch right And it was one of those things where like, I I immediately fell in love with it because I was like, yo, these dudes are ripping off Small Brown Bike. And that's awesome because no one does that in a good way, obviously, not in a disparaging way. But I definitely thought that you guys coming out West and playing Sound and Fury was basically the only time I was going to be able to see you guys. Because so many bands do like one full US tour and like maybe get like, you know, an EP or two out, maybe a full length and then kind of implode just because it's hard being in a band. Yeah. (laughs) did you when you guys came out west was was there ever a point of like this thing is cool we need to keep going or man this is uh this is hard to keep together
1: it was a little bit of both only because like joe and john had already toured like all over the country with other bands and um we'd been on tour a couple times before that but not a full us just the way the band was at the time we were kind of just like i mean i don't think we really give a crap now mm-hmm. but like then we gave far less of a crap you know what i mean like right i didn't know what we were doing even now i don't i don't think we're like in the know of everything and how to be a band or whatever but then it was just like we just would play every night and um most of the shows on that tour kind of suck um yeah just because we were a new band and we expected them to and we toured by ourselves it's not like we were like supporting a bigger band or anything like that and um so there's definitely some discouraging moments on that tour where it was like wow man this shit sucks <laughs> we knew we knew that going into it like we we've never been like we've never been one of those bands that kind of like puts out a demo and it gets like tons of attention and then we become a pretty popular band without using the term hype band or anything like that for lack of a better term i'll use the term hype yeah you've never been like a real hype band like it's been kind of like a slow climb um, which is fine, you know, because I think bands can get pretty burnt out when they get kind of popular really fast. And then uh, they don't kind of go through that like learning thing where like they don't put in the work, I guess, for is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, which that's fine. Like, best of luck to bands that catch on immediately. That's that's super cool. Um, It wasn't like that for us, so we just kind of like, knew what the deal was from the beginning. We are just kind of like, well, no one really cares that much. Like, a couple people expressed interest, right? and uh, we're playing this fest in California, and that's cool. We played, and it was cool. By the time we got back home, I think all of us were kind of like, yeah, let's keep touring and stuff. But at the same time, we were kind of like realistic about it. We weren't like, oh, man, like, let's you know, let's do this and let's do this. John was like starting a business. Our our old drummer, John, was like starting a business around the same time. So stuff was really slow with us in the beginning. Like, I think people didn't think of us as like a a touring band right for a while because we really toured like a couple times a year if that
0: you, you hit on an interesting thing that i think that a lot of people not only in bands but then just the outside music world in general don't pay attention to is the fact that the rise that you were describing in regards to you know you guys where it was a, a slow build and it was gradual and you kind of you know you made the mistakes that you needed to make early as a band when you don't have an opportunity to kind of do things on your own with, like, virtually no one paying attention. And then when you make these, you know, missteps or or whatever, either from a business perspective or just, like, being a band, so many people will pay attention to that. It's like that gradual build gives you a chance to, you know, be a stupid band for <laughs> a longer period yeah. of time in order to, like, yeah. develop, which is good. Um,
1: I, I mean, I just think, like, and when I say slow climb, I don't mean, like, yeah, man, it's been a long ride, but here we are you know I mean? like I, it's I, it still is like it's still really hard for us to play shows by ourselves, when we're not supporting a bigger band and have it not be kind of like, kind of whatever. Like, we'll play certain shows in certain places and it'll be, and it'll be really cool. But we're, you know, I, I by no means like, I've gotten in a couple, like, I don't want to say debates with a few kids, but they'll be like, oh, oh, yeah, like, you know, they'll ask me questions like, what's it like to be in a successful band? And I'm like, shit, man, I don't know. Ask someone in like the Wonder Years or something like that because I don't consider our band a successful band. I think we have a few like cool achievements under our belt, but like, I think to, my idea of a successful band is someone who pays their rent with their band and none of us do that. So
0: Right. Yeah. You
1: know what I mean? So like we, we're we're pretty broke individually and like that's fine. Like we, we we don't uh we never like complain about like oh man, you know, it's like so hard to be in a band, this and that. It's just like, nah, man, being a band is cool and that's why we are in a band, but, um,
0: you're focused. Yeah. You're focused on that. Everything that you build around the band, like your lifestyle and from, you know, like you said, the, the lack of money, like that's in, that's intentional as if it's like, well, yeah, yeah, we're, we're broke because that's dedicating ourselves to this band.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I've gotten plenty of conversations where people are like, you know, a couple I have people like kids on the internet, like, um, just like weird, like r- anonymous Tumblr questions and stuff <laughs> like that will be like, giving me a hard time like you you don't appreciate like what you have as a band and i'm like you know man slow down like i i didn't you know i've never said i don't like a i'm not thankful for the opportunities that we've had but i just don't in my mind when i think of a successful band i think of like like i said you at least got to be paying bills from the band if you're doing a tour and like i think if you're playing in front of a minimum of 300 people every consecutively every night Mm -hmm. that's what i'll consider like a a successful band anything under that i feel like is like yeah, they do well. They pretty popular band, but success has a different meaning to me.
0: Sure. Well, and then and then you you also have to look at the the notion too of the trajectory that you guys are headed is hopefully that you will obviously get there to where it's like, yeah, you're solid, you know, you can draw three to four hundred people a night across the country, and then your level of success will change you know, you yourself will be like, okay, well now the next level that we're looking for is like, hey, now we're going to be able to draw 700, 800 people. And it, yeah, it is. Yeah. But it's like, it's funny when people project on you the idea of what your definition of success is. (laughs) Yeah. People,
1: I feel like that's a very, um, ongoing thing, especially in the past couple of years with Twitter and, and bands having Facebooks and stuff is that kids can say whatever the hell they want. So like they, They will not hesitate to kind of like make really ignorant statements without thinking about what they're accusing you of or Mm -hmm. or something like that. And um, I find it really hard to to kind of like keep my cool in that situation. And like obviously the best thing to do if like someone says some ignorant thing on the Internet to you or about you and um, you see it, obviously the, the wisest thing to do is to not even respond to it, mm-hmm. but I, I I I've been known to uh, get baited into like weird arguments with p- kids. I don't know.
0: It, to me, you have a, a a sense of humor, and the the time that we've spent together, I would never define you as an angry person. You're just the type of person that likes to point out the uh you know the flaws in someone's someone's argument or whatever because that that's <laughs> that's fun for you probably.
1: It depends. Like I think I think a lot of people that don't know me personally think of me as this very um someone who almost like enjoys confrontation it's really not like that like i really i really don't like arguing with people i have no problem kind of like making fun of people like lightheartedly because like i say all the time Like i got you know like i i say i talk a whole lot of shit on twitter and stuff like that and a lot of times i'll say like yo like I say a lot of this stuff, but my opinion doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Like, I'll say a lot of stuff and like, you know, like if you're into, I can't even think of one thing that I make fun of, Right? but I (laughs) I say a lot of stuff is corny and this and that, but uh, you know, I'm like, you know, if, if horseback riding is, if I'm making fun of horseback riding, which I've never done, but. If, you know, if horseback riding is your thing and you're, like, reading these tweets, like, hey, man, like, this motherfucker's coming out horseback riding right now and that's, like, my favorite thing. Like, that's that's fine, man. Like, I make fun of stuff and that's just because I think it's funny. But if people think that what I'm saying is, like, offensive or anything like that, like, they just need to keep in mind, like, I'm just some dumbass who has, like, a... Kind of like a loud opinion about things. Like it doesn't, it doesn't actually matter.
0: Right. Yeah. T- take, take everything I say with a grain of salt because what you talk crap on could be something that I also am really passionate about, and that's fine. I'll let you be. <laughs> just let. Yeah. Me.
1: Exactly. Like I, I just think that people get very upset when I'll like. I'll tweet about something and someone will tweet back and be like, I don't, they'll get in like looking for like sort of an argument or a debate about it. I'm like, dude, I'm not really looking to like debate it. I just think it's corny. So, right. Right. So I said that, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to really understand like having a Twitter if you're not going kind to of kind of like say dumb stuff <laughs> and like, you know, cause I feel like the, the everyday person who has Twitter mostly like, you know, like parents have Twitter and shit and like, I'm, I'm wondering why, because mm-hmm. What are they like? Up cooking dinner for the kids. Yep. Law. No one wants to read that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Totally, totally.
1: People might not want to read my Twitter either, but at the same time, like I feel like a couple people are like, Oh man, like they'll be like, come up to me on a show and be like, Oh man, your Twitter's so funny, man. I'm like, That's cool, you know? Like I'm I'm just a a real bored guy and I have a lot of things going on in my head at all times and Usually I'll just be sitting there and something dumb will come to my mind or I'll see something like like the other day I tweeted about how I think it's really weird when people put a lot of stickers on their car. I know people that put a lot of stickers on their car and I know that they'll get personally offended by making fun of people who put a lot of stickers on their car. Mm-hmm. I don't actually care if people
0: put stickers on their car. I just think that's really you're like, this is not funny. I I'm not making this decision for myself, but I'm, yeah. I'm not stopping you from doing that. <laughs> yeah but something dumb
1: like that will come across my mind and I'm like yeah I gotta address that via Twitter right
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I definitely think it's, it's an important point in regards to the, uh, the nature of this hits a point that I was going to bring up later, but I think it's a good time to bring it up where the, the attitude that, you know, you've always at least presented to, you know, the outside world in regards to, especially about, you know, Hey, what does your song mean? And what do these lyrics mean? You're, you're very cut and dry where it's like, Hey, the song means this and don't take it any other way. Um, (laughs) Is that is that also in part of the just like you obviously can't control what people interpret out of your art. But, you know, is is that a way for you to be like, hey, I want to try to control some of this conversation to where it's like, I want these songs to mean this. That's why I put them out there
1: with the songs and stuff like that. Like, I feel like our earlier records, like the lyrics were very literal, like they literally couldn't be taken any other way. And they're all basically about the same thing. And then once we got to like writing the LP and stuff like that, it was kind of like—I mean, it started happening a little bit before that. Stuff with songs would be more about specific things. But once we got to writing the LP, we're like, okay, we can't write the songs about all the same things. I wanted the the lyrics to be less literal, but at the same time, like they're about—they're clearly about something specific. So, like. I have no issue when people ask, like, "Hey, like, what does that, what does that mean, or what is that song about?" Like, I've never had a problem being like telling them straight up what it's about. I know people like to like be like, "Oh, well, I like, my, I like my songs to be open to interpretation." Well, I'm like, that's cool, but like these songs are about like a specific things. So like some people are like, oh man, I want to thank you for that song. Like, that re- like it's so relevant to my life. And I'm just kind of like, that's really cool and flattering, but like, I sort of doubt it. You know what I mean? Like there's some stuff where I'm just like, there's no way that song is relevant to what is going on in your life. And if it is, that's pretty crazy.
0: Because that is, that is literally what I went through, like word for word. <laughs> yeah. Which
1: is, which is cool. Like some people are like, oh man, like I'll see someone put something on the internet with like lyrics to a certain song and they're just like hashtag relevant. Really? Like my my biggest pet peeve with lyrics and stuff like that is people can kind of like take it how whatever way they want. But my biggest issue is when I see like a review of one of our records, mm-hmm. they'll like take it upon themselves to kind of like post what they think the song is about, but they'll post it like rather than be like, I think this song is about this, to be like, this song is about this yeah they, and i'm right dude no it's not like one of the songs was like about a conversation with my dad and it was like i won't go into like detail but like i saw a review of it this is a couple years ago and it was like oh yeah like talking to his dad about like he wants his dad to like understand he just wants to like follow his dreams and like be in a band and i'm like dude i don't even know how you got that from the song but it's that's not even close, but it's weird that you posted that in your, you know, on your blog as if it was like as if you interviewed me and I told you that.
0: Right. Yeah, like word, that, word that's for the only word.
1: Issue I have right. people can take whatever they want from the songs, but I just don't like what people like say what the songs are about without asking. Right.
0: There is. Yeah, this. they're essentially making making it up. I mean, they're, they're, yeah. they're taking their own interpretation of it and making it the quote unquote truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the, uh, you know, kind of going back to you, you yourself, the, you were born and raised in the East coast, right? Yeah. Where in particular? I
1: haven't really, I've never lived very far outside of where I live now. Mm. I live in Quagertown, Pennsylvania, which is like basically within like a 20 mile radius of where I currently live my whole life. So I've moved kind of a lot. It's always been pretty close by, like I've lived. In, well, my parents have been divorced since I was really young,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I I've always had like two homes, and both my parents have moved a lot, but they always live about within like forty five minutes from each other. So I've lived in a lot of different places, but they're they're all basically within the Philadelphia suburbs area.
0: Right. When your parents split, and I mean, it sounds like it was an intentional that they kind of still lived in the same area. Was it was it because they obviously both wanted to you know be a part of your life or was that just kind of happenstance that they kept staying close to one another
1: uh, um I'm sure I'm sure it was like a little bit of both like My parents have always had a really good relationship with each other. Uh Like divorce is pretty – like I was like I think not even two years old when they like split up. So like I really don't remember anything but my parents being divorced. So like my parents being divorced has never been like a hard topic for me or like anything that I looked at with any like negativity. Mm -hmm just because my parents have always been really friendly with each other. Like I've never even heard my parents argue to this day.
0: Like there's never been any outward strife that has caused you to be like, whoa, this is, this could be traumatizing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like people will be like, oh, my parents are divorced. Like blah, blah, blah. Like, (gasps) like honestly you see like in these movies and stuff like that. And I'm sure divorce is really hard on some kids and stuff like that. And like when you see it in movies and like, oh, like my parents are getting divorced and it's looked at like this, like, crazy like oh man that sucks like i'm so sorry Mm -hmm. that's always been sort of foreign to me just because my parents getting divorced never affected me one bit which i think i'm i think is really lucky to have not been affected by it negatively but yeah my parents have always had a good relationship so they don't i'm sure they're both kind of like i don't know if it was a intentional decision like we should live close together but i don't think either one of them would have moved anywhere very far away otherwise sure um, because they both grew up in this area. My mom's from West Virginia, but she she moved to Pennsylvania when she was in like high school or middle school or something like that. So like, but who the hell is going to move back to West Virginia? Yeah, no, you know, like,
0: yeah. Once you get out, you're you're out of West Virginia. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, they, I, I've always just I think it was just like a little bit of both. Like it was inconvenient to live too far away, sure. and neither one of them had any intentions of moving far away anyway
0: right right and so then as you were uh, as you were growing up what kind of kid did you find yourself being like you know once you started to you know develop your own personality from like you know junior high and high school and stuff like that the easy label that I could throw on you just from your, you know, from what I know of you and your outside perspective is, you know, being the sort of smart aleck kid in the back of the classroom, cutting up jokes to their friends or, you know, uh, ma- making fun of uh, of a teacher or something like that. Was was that the case or, or did you find yourself, uh, you know, being a different person?
1: I feel like it's been like really different since I was younger. Like when I was probably in, when I was in kindergarten, I was a model student. I couldn't have been more well-behaved And then when I was in first grade, because like I said, I've moved a lot. So like I've been like to a few different schools and school districts. So after kindergarten, I moved and went to a different school for first grade. And I was I was fine in first grade. Like I I didn't really know anyone around where we lived. And when you're in first grade, like how many people do you really know anyway? Right. I really just hung out with my mom. That sounds super, super lame, but I didn't hang out with any friends outside of school. So so in first grade, I was just did my homework and did my schoolwork and this and that. And then we moved again. And then second grade, I went to a new school. I think that's when I started getting sort of like problems with actual school work. Like I wasn't misbehaved or anything like that. I was pretty shy and just kind of quiet I guess okay but I had a hard time with doing actual schoolwork, and it wasn't because I was like didn't understand it or didn't or like couldn't do it I just didn't want to do it I I guess I had a hard time like focusing on certain stuff Mm -hmm. it's not like I was like very hyper or anything like that I would just sit there and just be like I'm not really about this right (laughs) but I was too young to be like I'm not gonna do this so I would just do it and like I would rarely do homework and that was like a big problem. And then, uh, so in third grade and like my parents would have to like come into like school meetings and stuff like that with my teachers. And they'd be like, yeah, he's got like, he's, he's got like, he's not dumb. He's actually pretty bright. He's, he's just has, he never does his homework. And like, he's just kind of like, he's very slow with doing his work in school. And uh, so they're like, there was this period in when I was in elementary school where they kind of were like, well, what do we do with him? Like, he's not, he's not like special needs. He's not, I wasn't smart enough to be in like the real smart kid classes. Mm-hmm. They were like, he doesn't, he, he, his reading comprehension is fine. He's like, his math is fine. And they're just like he's. There's really nothing wrong with like he has no learning disabilities. He just doesn't do his work.
0: Right. He just. <laughs> and I, I, I think they call that lazy.
1: Yeah, I guess. But like, I don't remember being like feel like doing this. I was just like, I don't like this at all. And so I just kind of like, I don't know. I really don't know how to explain it. But that was like an issue all the way up until I was in like I, really all the way. My whole school career was like that. But it progressively got worse. Sure. And um, so in middle school, I think like I kind of like. Middle school is when I got into, like, punk and stuff like that. And it wasn't the kind of thing where I was like, I'm punk now, so, like, I'm bad. (laughs) Right. it was like i just kind of like even when i was in elementary school i was like very shy and pretty quiet but i didn't like my dad has always been like you know like don't take don't take shit from anyone just because they think that they can like give you shit and i feel like he like ingrained this in me when i was younger because i was kind of like i think he thought i was like a real wimp mm-hmm. when i was a little kid because i was very like cash about everything i was just like pretty quiet i hung out with myself the most of my childhood i wasn't an only child but like Last time I told you about the action figure thing, where like I played with action figures way too long. Yeah, yeah, you, you know cause
0: yeah. You were you were bringing them to like high school, weren't you? No, not high school. Geez. <laughs> well, no, no, I remember. Was, I remember you telling me that, but I don't remember the age in which
1: you dropped off. No, it was like fifth grade. Or my friends were like, "Dude, I don't know about the action figures at school, man." You know what I mean? Like, because <laughs> like I told you before, I was in. I was a very. I was very in inside recess. Like my whole life, I've never been that into sports, and it's, I don't consider myself super unathletic. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I never cared about sports Like I don't like Watching sports I don't really care about Playing them is way Is a different story Like I'll play sports With my friends sometimes Play sports See No one says that Sure No one says Yeah yeah I play sports with my friends Right (laughs) <laughs> well, like you, you know what i'm saying yeah like, uh, no
0: for sure but
1: yeah so i was reeling the inside recess and shit like that like when it would rain i was like oh hell yeah yeah i can draw and play with my action figures
0: right because you could but, well i mean it sounds like it, you you know for lack of a better term it's like you were you were introverted but not to the point where you were like antisocial. but you really relished the time that you could spend kind of you know creating your own sort of, you know, universes, whether it was like, you know, the, the worlds you were building for your action figures or, you know, (laughs) I mean, cause I, I I say that because that is totally me. Like I, it sounds like a sad thing, but it's like my mom would 100% like leave me in this like walking closet for hours, not because she just wanted to like leave me alone, but it was because I was just having so much fun with my GI Joes. It'd be like three hours and my mom would come check on me and I'm like, I'm fine. And this is when I was like, you know, whatever, seven, eight, years old yeah and it's i love that so i can totally understand where you're coming from
1: so yeah so around fifth grade my friends were like listen man i don't know about the action figures you know Like, (laughs) we're getting into we're getting into chicks and like like you're kind of just like you're making us look a little bad and i was like oh shit like I, i guess i suspected like people didn't like people i i don't i don't think i was there was ever a point when i was in school where i was like uncool you know what i mean like i was never like popular or cool or anything like that but i don't remember a point where i was like people would like pick on me
0: yeah or anything. you were like an outsider like oh man i guess i'll just stay in the corner and listen to my music
1: i just chilled like I, there was i didn't like have i didn't really have a thing like i was into drawing and stuff like that but I, I never had like a thing where like people were like oh that's that's taylor that's like the the weird kid or anything like that mm-hmm. i was just I was just chilled. And then when I was in middle school, that's when I started getting, well, in elementary school, I, there was a few instances where I was like suspended, but it was a kind of thing where like, like I said, my dad would be like, you know, don't, don't take any crap from anyone. I guess that was like in my head my dad's not like a big, like, I don't I don't really know what word I want to use, but he's not like, like a real aggro guy where he's like, you know, like, like
0: alpha male.
1: Yeah. He's not like that at all. Like he thinks he's super cool. But he's like uh, – he is cool, but he's he's like not – he's very chill. He's not like – you know, like he doesn't condone getting in fights, but he's like, you know, if someone messes with you, like don't tell on them. You know what I mean? Like stand up for yourself and, and you'll be good. So, I mean, there was a few times when I got in fights in elementary school. I got suspended for it, and I remember being the, one of the first kids in – school that got like straight up suspended and I, and people were like, yo, that's crazy. Like you would have thought that like, I went to jail to other people. Cause, but I got in like a fist fight with this kid in recess and we had like the recess ladies and they came up and they broke it up and they're like, all right, you, you guys got to go to the principal's office. And I remember walking to the principal's office with this kid and he was like, yo, he's like, when we get there, let's just say that like, we were just messing around and we won't get in trouble. Cause he like really didn't want to get in trouble. Right. And I said, fuck that. I remember it vividly. <laughs> right. I remember vividly walking down the halls in school and saying, fuck that. And he was like, damn, dude, I guess we're just getting in trouble because you don't want to go along with the thing. And I was just like, fuck it, man. I remember in my head, I was like, dude, there's no way I'm going to say I was. Because for some reason, I had it in my head like, this guy's not my friend. Like, I'm not going to act like this guy's my friend. Like, he started this thing. Like, he's getting in trouble. And I'm getting to get in trouble, too. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like we went in the principal's office and I was like, yo, this motherfucker was picking on me, this and that. I was just like, yeah, like we we got in a fight and I was probably in like fourth or fifth grade when this happened. And then like, I got suspended for it and that kid really didn't like me the rest of sure. ever. the last, I'm sure the last time I saw him, he didn't like me. Right. But, um, but that was, the, I feel like that was the first time that I got like in trouble and my parents were like, Oh shit. Like, dude, is this going to be like a, a thing? Like, is this going to be like a problem?
0: Yeah. Is this, is this the, the path that he has chosen now?
1: <laughs> I remember saying to him like, no, like, um, this kid was, you know, he was, he was being a dick and we got in a little fight and it's not like we were like adults fighting. We were like, we were doing real bodily harm on each other. Right. we were like, you know, probably like wrestling around on the ground and like trying to throw punches at each other. But like they were concerned because I told him that the kid was like trying to like just say we were messing around. And I told him, I, I said, fuck that. Like that was my exact quote. And I remember telling my parents that and they were just kind of like, oh, 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 boy, like what? Whoa, I was How that. Yeah. What do you like? Listen, like I, I remember trying to explain it to them and they're like, all right. But like I was like I said, I was never like bad. There was a few times in middle school where like I had re- these like outbursts. But it wasn't like I was crazy or misbehaved. I was just like I was still just. I was chill. I was just chilling, and then
0: yeah, you. I, I
1: threw a desk one time.
0: Okay, that was that was fine.
1: I got suspended for that, but that was fine. Someone pulled my chair out, and I fell on the ground super hard. Right. And I whipped my desk across the room, and they're like, "Yo, you gotta go." Right.
0: <laughs> they're like, "Oh, so I guess I I guess I shouldn't do that again." <laughs> yeah. So like, it's not like I was ever like this
1: aggressive person. And I think I think people even now will sort of perceive me that way. And they'll be like, think of me like this, like I said, someone who like seeks confrontation and it's not, it's really not like that at all. I really don't like, I don't even like arguing with people. Yeah, You know what I mean? And like, I don't mind like an intelligent, like disagreement with someone else. Like I'm not the kind of person who like enjoys talking about politics or, or religion or anything like that. Like I'm not going to sit down with someone who's very religious and be like let's argue our points right because that neither one of us is going to be like at the end of that conversation be like you know what great point yeah i never thought of it that way right so like i think that's healthy for certain people but for other people it's pointless like for me i i'm not a religious person i'm not very actively anti-religion so i really just don't care about it either way so i don't like confrontation
0: well I, i i think i think also just because of I think there's something to be said about a person's like physical presence as well, and I think because how tall are you? You're like what, six one, six foot, or maybe a little taller?
1: Yeah, I'm like six one or six. It's in six two on my license, but I don't think I'm that tall.
0: Okay, because I, I definitely think there's something to be said about like I mean, I'm six one, and like I'm exactly like you in the sense of like I actually actively avoid confrontation. I'll do whatever I possibly can to make sure that I don't get into some weird situation. But <laughs> there, but there is this weird thing where it's like because you're tall there's a weird uh, some weird uh, connection that people can make I- in regards to like oh they're tall so like they may they might be into fighting i mean this is an extreme example but it's like that right. because of your physical presence that you're cool with like you know getting into somebody's face or doing something like that and you're comfortable in that and it's like no like that's not the case at all
1: <laughs> yeah like i i think a lot of it might have to do with people tell me i look mad all the time <laughs> And I think I do. Like sometimes I'll um, – my girlfriend will, will say something while we're – I'll be like watching TV and I won't be mad or anything. And she's just like, like what's the pro- – what's up? And I'm just like – and I will realize like before I can – before I even – I realize like, yeah, I guess I'm making an intensely like aggressive face. But I don't – I think I – I think that's just my face. Yeah, you're you're resting – you yeah. have a resting
0: intense face.
1: Yeah, I think I just – I I guess I just look mad or confused all the time or something. But right, right. I think that has to – because like some people – I think another thing is that I do tend to kind of shit talk a lot of things. Sure. Another thing is like I have this tendency of saying that I can beat anyone up. <laughs> I don't actually think that but like – Right. It's just funny. It's funny and, I, and I, I'll get like fired up and I'll say it and because – I don't know. Like, I certainly don't think I can beat every person up, but um, we'll be talking about like a band or something like that. And we'll just I'll be getting fired up. I'm like, dude, I could kick that whole band's ass. (laughs) And like people think it's people think it's funny, but like I definitely don't say it in a joking way when I say it. Like, I definitely don't actually think I could beat a whole band up. I mean, I'm sure there's whole there are bands that I could beat the whole band. up. Sure.
0: In the moment, you're like deadly serious. But then you're like, oh, I don't really mean that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah like that i feel like that's my that's my way i'll say
1: things in a very serious tone or something like that and people people i get accused of being an asshole a lot and stuff like that because i say things in a very serious way right that i don't actually mean which later on i think is really funny <laughs> but then people are just like yeah, that guy's a, a
0: dickhead. Right, right. No, totally I yeah, I, I I mean you can easily see why people interpret it that way. I, I wanted to kind of talk about the uh the band in regards to there is a lot of attention being paid to this particular, you know, music scene as it were, punk hardcore, whatever you want to call it. And you guys obviously in particular, it's like I I can't read any sort of press coverage or review of you guys and obviously have it be like, Oh wow. So these guys just basically like, you know, they're the reinvention of grunge. They want to sound like these bands that came from the early nineties. Um, at a certain point it's like, okay, like I get it, you know, whatever, after the first, whatever, seven or eight reviews come out of, of jar, you get it. But it's like now, you know, that record is, is close to two years old. And, People are still speaking about you guys as like you're this sort of one trick pony. That that's like right. Just because you're painted with that brush, I'm sure it kind of gets frustrating for you guys to be painted into that corner.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, my thing is, unfortunately, like I said, I I'll I'll definitely before I would actively like look for stuff on the internet about our band just to see you know what the kids are saying. Sure. And I stopped doing that because for like I have a hard time with not letting certain things get to me because sometimes I'll just read like I'll just come across someone saying something that's just flat out not true. Like they'll be like, oh, like I heard, you know, Superheaven or Daylight, they did this or like they said this. And I, I find it very hard to not contact a random person and be like, I don't know where you're, you heard that, but like that couldn't be more untrue. But I've I have never done that because I don't want to be the guy in the band that's just like looking for stuff about his own band and then just like gets defensive about everything. So I I really don't look I don't seek out that stuff anymore just because it's not worth like the stress. Like I have enough stuff going on. I don't need to worry about what some you know some dumbass kid in Chicago or something that I don't know thinks about me or our band or something like that. Unfortunately, I think with people that keep saying the grunge thing and like, Oh, like, yeah, they're just like a Nirvana wannabe band and this and that. Unfortunately, a lot of people who write and review music really don't listen
0: to that much music. Yeah. They listen, they listen to snippets. (laughs) Yeah. And they, they, not
1: only that, they really don't have a very wide scope of different kinds of music. Um, which is I really don't like music reviews. Like I've thought about doing like zines and podcasts and stuff like that. Reviews are like just such a big part of doing a zine or like anything like that, or like a blog or anything like that. And I just want nothing to do with them because I feel like a review is so specific to one person's opinion. I don't think that person should be giving the opinion and potentially turning people off of something that they don't know anything about. Like the term grunge revival is... (laughs) I hate it. Yeah. I really like I've never I haven't actively said anything about it mm-hmm. until right now. But like I hate it. It's it's the dumbest thing in the world because like the term grunge kind of bothers me on its own, whether it's referred to like Nirvana or Pearl Jam or bands that were specifically grunge bands. Um, if I was like my age now at that time when Nirvana was a band and stuff like that, I don't think I think I would refuse to call them grunge at the time. I would just call them rock bands. Sure. And that's what I do now. Like,
0: well, I look, I, I look at it too from the standpoint where it's like, you know, the the word revival obviously is is you know, I mean, it, it's used in a context where it's like they're, and that's fine. But it's like it, music, no matter what brush you paint it with, is all cyclical. So it, of course, it makes sense that bands that exist now in the you know late two thousands, early twenty tens, or whatever you call it, um, are, are going to be looking for more than just music that existed ten years ago. It's be like, oh yeah, well this record came out in the early nineties and like this is a really cool thing. And it's all cyclical. So it's like why why should that be surprising that it's happening? You know, that's the one thing that I'm always like, well yeah, why I, I'm never surprised when a musical genre kind of, you know, starts to rise. It's like, well yeah, because it's been a long time since anybody did that well.
1: Yeah. And I I think like a big part of it is the thing that's frustrating is people are always like, oh, this band just like rips these bands off. There are na- there are definitely bands that I could list that flat out rip other specific bands off. Like you'll hear like the exact same melody in a song or the exact like a riff that's like just slightly different. And it's like I say it all the time, there's a very big difference between ripping a band off and drawing influence from a band and People be like, oh, that, that band wants to be Nirvana. They wanna be like Silver Chair or something like that. And it's like, dude, I promise you I don't want to be any of those bands. Like I don't listen to those bands and and think, yo, that's a cool riff. I'm gonna rewrite that riff right. so it sounds a little different. Right. Or like I'm gonna rewrite that song. It's like, dude, the record sounds a certain way because like we wrote those songs just we wrote songs and they naturally sound that way. It's not like we were like, we sat down and we're like, all right, you the last record was cool and everything, but we're, let's try to sound like this now. Like, it's not like we just started listening to these bands or anything like that. Like Jake's the youngest person in the band and he's, he just turned 23, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, so people, I think people who don't know us don't realize that we're not that young. You know what I mean? Like Joe and I were alive through the entire nineties. Right. Like, like, we weren't like, we weren't like going to shows because we were pretty young, but it's not like we were born in 92 and we're like, yeah, man, we just found out about this Nirvana band. They're super sick. Right. And To be honest, like I really like Nirvana, but they're far from my favorite band. And I really don't want to be, you know, people are like, oh, man, Taylor Madison, he wants to be Kurt Cobain. I'm like, <laughs> do I do? Like, I feel like if I wanted to be Kurt Cobain, there were i'd be doing a lot of things differently
0: yeah you wouldn't be you wouldn't be you know kind of pulling pulling threads from the punk and hardcore world yeah not only that but i just like i don't think kurt cobain's that
1: cool this might be a shocking thing for some people to hear but right kurt cobain's like i don't think he's i don't i don't idolize kurt cobain i mean i i think he wrote some cool songs But, um,
0: he's a deeply flawed individual as all of, (laughs) as all of us are. And no, no one has to be put up on, on a pedestal, especially from the the context of where you're coming from, where it's like, oh man, I can't wait to basically rip off his musical career for my benefit right now.
1: Yeah. At this point, like I, I, I'm very, uh, adamant about making sure that I don't let anyone's weird or stupid opinion. I don't, I try not to take any of it too much to heart because it, I try not to care about some stranger things or anything like that. It, it kind of sucks because it's so easy for people to just see anything and they'll just believe it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's annoying when I see people say certain stuff that just kind of isn't true that I feel like if someone else reads that, they might think it's true and that might turn them off of our band or one of us as a person and all of us are pretty, we're pretty down to earth guys. Like it, it does bother me that we have sort of this reputation as being these sort of like ignorant, like jerk offs. Cause we're, we're not like that people. It's, it's my fault for the most part, I'm sure. But we have a weird sense of humor and we kind of aren't, we're not like the kind of band to be like go on tour with a band and we're like, Oh, best friends. I'm so sad. This tour is going to be over. And like, we're best friends with every band. We don't back every band we've openly beefed with certain bands and a lot of bands don't do that. And I don't think it's anything that like, we don't like actively, like, right. Let's make sure we like,
0: this isn't, you're right. This This isn't an agenda of yours. No, not (laughs) at all.
1: We're kind of like, we're just kind of straight up guys and we're really not about the whole like band thing. Like we love being in a band. We love touring with bands, but like we've never been the kind of band to tour with a band that we just flat out don't like like plenty of bands will tour with a band and they really won't get along with them at all Mm -hmm. they won't let that be known and and i don't think it's always necessary like it's one thing to be like civil with a band but it's another to be like oh our friends in this band went and when you know behind a closed door they're like dude fuck those guys they're honestly the worst right because we've never been about that like we can be civil and but to an extent of course right but we'll never be we'll never like put on for that band just flat out don't vibe with them or whatever yeah 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 so that and our sense of humor, people definitely, we have this reputation of being like these ignorant dickheads. <laughs> that, and we're not. Yeah, You've you've met us. We're
0: cool. No, you are just regular old guys. Totally, totally. And I, I think that's because <laughs> I think people are disarmed by that because you, you don't feel like you need to play the quote-unquote game of, you know, because a lot of people, especially once you start to have some sort of notoriety within the context of independent music, some people feel like they have to play And not even so much a character because most people are still being true to themselves, but they feel like they have to, you know, do things a certain way in order to make sure that the trajectory of their band still goes up. Rather than doing what you're doing, what you're talking about in regards to, you know, being like, oh, yeah, I don't want to tour with that band because I just I don't like them. I don't think they're cool people. So, yeah, I know. I understand exactly where you're coming from. I I wanted to hit on the uh, like we were talking about earlier or before the before our conversation. Anytime a band has to go through a name change, it's it sucks. Like it's 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 an awful thing. It's never. You're always going to have people on two sides of the line where it's like, oh, like that sucks. You had to change your name, dude. Why'd you change it to that? That's the fucking worst band name ever of all time. Now, um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I know it's a lot to kind of encapsulate, but the uh, d- d- you guys had to change your name for legal reasons. Like that was there was a band that already existed that was kind of you know pressing your button, so to speak. Uh, or you know how did that? Well, how did that happen? We haven't
1: kind of flat out explained the situation, like. Openly to like a wide audience, so we've kind of like like if when people ask me about it in person, I'll explain it right specifically why we did it and how it came about, but basically there's another band called Daylight, and it's really not hard to figure out who the band is, like a lot of people ask, and the only reason we kind of didn't like when we like you know did the press release or whatever you want to call it, and we announced that we were changing the name. the only reason we didn't kind of like Name that band specifically is, one, it's very easy to figure out who it is. And two, we don't know the band. Like, I don't like the band as a band. Sure. But we don't really know them as people. So we I don't find any reason giving them a hard time about their name when it really... They had the name first, you know what I mean? It's not like... And the thing is that people don't realize is they didn't threaten legal action. Mm -hmm. We've known about the band for years. Right. But um, we found out recently that they own the trademark to the name internationally. Okay. So it's not like they you know they like a cease and, and a, desist
0: or whatever yeah
1: nothing like that and um but it's just a thing that would inevitably become an issue sure well, so, I
0: look at like, just to stop your story, I look at it in the same way that like, you know, American Nightmare, give up the ghost. Like I specifically remember, I don't think I've ever done this before, but like when that random bar band American Nightmare from Boston sued American Nightmare, the hardcore band, I was so mad because it was like this American Nightmare Boston band was like, you could just tell was like a bar band like they didn't tour yeah. they didn't do anything and so like i think to me that's what enraged me the most where it was like this band yeah they may have the legal ramifications to do this but dude you're, you're like ripping this band's rug out from underneath them and you're not even doing anything with it but like in your guys's case like it's a total you know it's a respectful uh, uh, story in regards to, okay, like, yeah, this band has the the copyright, et cetera, et cetera. This will eventually be a problem. Yeah, there's no, you know, there's no ill will towards that. It's just a matter of like, well, I, I guess we should do this now.
1: It, it really sucks because I kind of, for a few years now, I've just been kind of like, the more things have progressed and the more, I feel like every one of our releases has done better than the one before it, which is cool. And it's just been, like I said, it's been like a slow, steady climb. Once things sort of sort of started taking, for lack of a better term, more of a professional turn, we had to get like, you know, like become an LLC. And, you know, once you have like a booking agent and manager and stuff like that, you kind of think about more things that you wouldn't, you know, that we didn't think about like a year ago where it was like one of the things being the name where I kind of was always always like, I hope I don't have to change the name because we have quite a few releases out under this name. And that's been our name for a while. Once we put the LP out, it started, we were like, let's look into it. Let's try to like, let's try to copyright the name if we can before someone else does. Like now's the time when we need to do this. So once that process was sort of looked into, it was, we found out that that other band does in fact own the trademark internationally, which is pretty, pretty extensive to own the trademark to anything internationally. So there's really no getting around it. It was like, okay, well, what are we going to keep putting out records and shirts and stuff with a name that we know that maybe a month or even a couple years from now, we're going to have to change. Like, why why go any further under this name when we know we're going to have to change it? So let's just do it now.
0: Sure. Why delay the inevitable?
1: Yeah. So, like, then the long process, grueling process of having to <laughs> come up with a new name started. And I can't even, like... When people give us a hard time about the name or changing the name or how, like, they, they like the name Daylight Better, it really does kind of bother me because, one, I don't really understand the... The connection to the name, like, I don't know why people are so hung up on it. A name is, is just a name. Right. People, another thing is that I just bothers me that people don't even think about the fact that, like, it has been a real pain in the ass for us. Like, coming up with a name was a, a most unpleasant process, as I'm sure anyone who ever, has ever been in a band and had to name a band, a new band, knows it's, it sucks. Naming a band is like the worst thing ever. So having to rename your band is the actual worst thing ever. <laughs>
0: right. Uproot everything that has been known and the public perception and then be able to be like, okay, well, this is what, we're, yeah. yeah, it's hard. And I
1: mean, a lot of stuff that people don't, I don't think people think about went into, it's not like you just change your name and boom, you print some new t-shirts and that's that. Like it is that, but you have to, you have to think about, like we had a bunch of other merch that had this old name on it. We have a web store that has all this merch with our old name on it that we have to get rid of. And, you know, like some people are psyched to buy it. Other people are like, why am I going to buy this merch that of a band that technically doesn't exist? <laughs> uh, it's like shit that I would never even think about. Like none of that stuff matters to me. Um, just the people, when people act like, Oh man, like it sucks that they changed their name, like blah, blah. Like I'm so pissed. I'm like, yo man, what are you mad? What are you upset for? Like you, we're still the same band. We still write the same songs. We still play the same songs.
0: Yeah. From the, We're the
1: ones who had to, like, we have to deal with people whining about it and just, like, giving us a hard time about it and saying our new name's stupid and, like, it's, like, the worst name ever, this and that. And it's, like, dude, it sucks, man. Like, it's a scary thing to have to – because, like, you change your name you're, like, well, people might not, like, realize it and they might not, like – like a lot of people just straight up didn't realize it happened like we got a couple emails of people being like yo what happened to your guys band like i liked you guys on facebook and like all of your social networks disappeared and we were like oh well here's why we changed our name people were like i had no idea yeah it's definitely like a frustrating thing and like you think about like when you tour and um people might not have gotten the memo so like some people might miss you playing their town because they have they have no idea who the hell Super Heaven is, right? Which is fine. Like it's just like it's on it's an unfortunate thing. But the biggest bummer about it is that a lot of people are so negative about it, and it's just like I don't understand people caring
0: about it, right? Because realistically from your perspective the way that they interact with you as as fans or whatever you want to call them isn't going to change like you said you're still putting out the same sort of music like that's not like nothing is changing on a surface level it's like the only thing that's going to change is that you are going to purchase a piece of of clothing and or record that will have a different name on it and that's it yeah
1: i don't know like my favorite band is failure and they've been a band for for a long time like at this point you know, over 15 years. I mean, they stopped being a band for a while, obviously, but right. we're putting out records in the nineties and stuff like that. And they're my favorite band. And if they change their band name now, I don't think I would give one shit. Yeah. So that I really, d- I mean, it might just be me. It just doesn't make sense to why that mat, why, why name like people are r- really upset about it. Like <laughs> some people are like really aggressive about it on the internet. And like, most people were pretty cool. Like the first shows that we played at super heaven were the shows with nothing. Mm-hmm. And people were really cool. Like there really weren't that many people who like voiced an actual distaste for the name. Right. So every night, you know, that was when we were on stage. I was like, Does any like if anyone has, like, I would bring it up, and a couple times people would be like, Yeah, like I don't, I don't get it. And I was like, Well, hey, like, the, can I ask you like what your issue with it is? And they're like, Well, I don't, well, I like daylight more. I'm like, Well,
0: that's not a valid reason. For right. So. Sorry. This this is yeah, this is the new reality. Yeah, like I
1: don't mind hearing people's like opinions if someone's like, "Oh, like blah, blah blah, I can't think of one one single reason that's legitimate for someone to care like more than being like, "Oh, well, that's a bummer." Like I think that's
0: the that's the
1: angriest I would get about a band changing their name.
0: Right. <laughs> the last thing I want to hit on before I let you go is the You've spoken about this openly before, but I I, I think that it, it it's something that I want to address with you is your stepfather when he passed away. That was like what four years or so ago, maybe three, three. Okay, so yeah, rel- relatively recent. Because yeah, it is one of those things where it's like I I mean, uh, my actual biological father he passed away. I want to say five or six years ago now, and so but I've had like you, I went through divorce when I was really young, and my stepdad is is such a huge factor in my life but at the same yeah. at the same time there's always that weird like well he isn't my actual dad he's physically present but you know there's all those right. but you've um i find it so cool that you obviously have you, you created such a relationship with him regardless because you've obviously knew no other circumstance than being in the same house with him and stuff like that um And so the, the, the notion that some people have this weird relationship with their step parents, you know, it's, it's kind of a weird thing. Like, you know, do you, when people that you know have like kind of estranged relationships with their step parents because they're not my real mom or dad, um, is it, is it weird for you to kind of see that? Not
1: at all. Because, um, I think that some kids, depending on their age can be pretty unreasonable with stuff like that. Like I feel like if you're over the age of 18, and you have a step-parent, you really, unless you have like a reason, unless that step-parent is actually legitimately awful, then like I feel like you just have to be mature enough about it to be like, yo, my mom or dad is like, a a, you know, an adult, and really date or marry or whatever, whoever they want. And like as their child, you really don't have any actual ground to stand on for being like, oh, well, I don't like that person. Unless they're really like – like I said, if they're legitimately awful and they're like, they don't treat your parent well or for you, then I don't think it's, I don't, I think I can understand a younger kid being like, oh, well, my stepdad, like I don't get along with my stepdad or my stepmom. And like, cause my, my relationship with my stepdad wasn't, wasn't that great for the most part. Like
0: mm-hmm.
1: we were, we were close in the fact that he was like my second father because he was around pretty much my whole life. Um, but we had like a pretty weird relationship to where like we loved each other and like we it was definitely like at times like a real father son bond. But for lack of a better term, there was like a lot of like abuse that took place. Like I feel like he didn't he didn't like my dad. So like and it, really, it wasn't based on very much other than the fact that he used to be married to my mom. Mm-hmm. Some of that was like taken out on me sometimes. And like oh,
0: sure. So, yeah, he was ill feelings that he had towards your father because of that weird relationship. The, you know obviously he couldn't do that to he couldn't do anything to your father, so you're kind of there by default yeah, well,
1: and I think another thing was like his dad kind of like abandoned him when he was like pretty young like literally just like disappeared i think and then his stepfather was like was like his father like treated him really well like once he came into the picture, he was like his dad, you know what I mean mm-hmm. and I think he wanted that with me, but I have a really good i've always had a really good relationship with my actual father. So it's not like so I think he was sort of like I think that like bothered him. And um so like he was like very he wasn't abusive to where like he hit like my like me or my sisters or my mom, but he was like I like I have like it has happened before where I was like hit by him, but like it wasn't the kind of thing where like it was a regular thing like in the movie like Radio Flyer where like I was I was getting my ass kicked like regularly for no reason. Oh, sure. But like there was definitely like weird like emotional abuse and stuff like that where like he kind of like act really weird and sort of like put me down for no real legitimate reason. But I've always kind of like considered myself to be sort of sort of like a logical thinker. So like I feel like even when I was young, I kind of like took it to like I real I recognized the fact that like it had a lot to do with him not liking my dad and him wanting more of like a father-son relationship with me and I don't think any of that like excused like some of his whack behavior but like I looked at him as like my other father so like there's definitely like a weird relationship like I I attribute a lot of like some weird character flaws that I have as an adult I attribute to some of like his behavior towards me when I was younger and like didn't really deserve any of it like I wasn't like like I said I wasn't a bad kid I was like I was not like I was getting in trouble all the time or anything like that so I definitely hold some sort of like resentment towards him even now like I definitely like miss him and like we like I loved him like a dad you know what I mean
0: I think it's a really it's a really important picture that you paint there because like no matter what are relationships with you know either our our, par- our actual biological parents or step parents there's always going to be shades of uh weirdness because i mean you know like we were talking about earlier it's like everyone's flawed everyone has their own baggage yeah. and issues to come to the table with but it's cool that you can view your relationship with him as you are currently where it's like okay i see why he may have been shitty to me at these instances. You know, you you see the causal connection to it as opposed to some people that look at that relationship in a negative light, being like, "Oh, that person was terrible to me," but then never really like looking at why, you know?
1: Yeah, he w- he wasn't like he was a, he was like a good guy, you know what I mean? He wasn't like right. a bad person or anything like that. Like, he had a pretty pretty weird upbringing, and he was like, I don't want to say like a criminal, but he like had like he was pretty outlawish, you know what I mean? Like he right. he had been in prison and like he was previously been into some pretty heavy stuff, but like it's not like he was like a bad person. He wasn't like just an evil guy where he was just like like he like really cared about me and my mom and like because all, all my siblings are none of them are my full siblings or like half sisters and my brother's not even like my technically my stepbrother because my my dad and his mom aren't married but like we grew up as brothers but like he's never like he's always been very like caring to me and my mom and my sisters I, I never looked at him as like a bad
0: person you know sure sure that's awesome I'm, I'm glad that yeah you can view the relationship in a positive light as opposed to you know some people that may take it a different direction so i uh i could talk to you for forever but i think that would be mean to subject people to listening to you and i for another hour so um
1: i don't know man i feel like we got some good things to say that i feel like we should uh um, well, you want to be on my podcast
0: yeah of course dude we can uh, yeah i'm more than more than happy and willing to do whatever you need so that is that what a what a sweet dude, right? Like, you know, he's he's he comes across like he was mentioning earlier, like a little gruff. He's a great dude. And so never be intimidated by him by going up to him after a show and just being like, hey, what's up, man? Anyways, the producer for the show is Tom Richfield. Visit thenativesound.com because you will get 10% off your order. 10%. That's a lot of money off if you enter the word 100 words at checkout and uh next week the guest is nick from the swellers he's going to talk to us about breaking the band up and all the emotional distress that that takes plus what you do after a band breaks up and uh yeah so much more fun stuff 100 dot hang out with us be part of this family and until next week be safe everybody